Hello there, uh, welcome to April's edition of Lockdown Confessionals with me, Steve Baker, and we are slowly coming out of the third national lockdown that we had, or lockdown three, return of the virus, as I like to call it. Um, so where are we at the moment? So, uh, we had March, March the 8th, uh, you know, education services were allowed to reopen. So obviously colleges, uni and um, schools were allowed to reopen. Subject, obviously, testing. Um, March 29th, we had the whole rule of six, uh, which is still currently in effect as of today, as we are now in april we've just had easter so kids are off now for the next two weeks uh and then april the 12th there there are plans to open non-essential shops and pubs with beer gardens uh like hairdressers that kind of thing it's not going to be fully opened because they'll obviously need to be careful. And I think you'll probably still buy appointment only and, you know, try trying to like protect themselves just in case, you know, people will start catching COVID. Um, I've just had my first um, jab. Turns out that I was eligible due to a uh, medical, not medical exemption, but they they found something on my medical history, which put me in the um, group of 16 to 64 with underlying health issues. Um, So, yeah, that was fun. Got my first injection since... God, I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, however, my my well, my arm was sore. Um, I felt a bit groggy for what twenty four, forty eight hours. But apart from that, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Uh, just tried not to use my left arm as I'm right handed. Um, so like any heavy lifting, that kind of thing, just couldn't really do it for a few days um and my next one's not due till june however my my partner's had both of hers done so she's now had both of the vaccinations she had the pervisor jab or pervisor i don't know i don't know how you bloody pronounce it i had the oxford astrazeneca one uh turns out you can't have a mixture of uh, the mixture of the two vaccines you have to have one so as soon as you have the first one uh you could you can't have the other one so you've got to have two of the same which i suppose is fair enough um and march 23rd um marked the the year that the country basically shut down for what was supposed to be four weeks. Yeah, nearly four months fucking later, 
excuse the French. Um, yeah, it, it was just just craziness, crazy times. Uh, so um, we're gonna, you know, time travel back to 2020. Actually, no, let's do it from the end of 2019. So you know, 2019, you're just about to finish. You know, the old decade. You know, January 2020. Boom, here we are. And you start reading the news that this pandemic over in Wuhan, China. Um, you know, loads of people are dying, a massive lockdown, that kind of thing. And then it starts creeping ever so closely to home. And you think, oh, that's fine. We've got the best resources. Yeah, we've got the NHS, that kind of thing, you know? Surely we'll be able to beat that. Oh, how fucking wrong were we? How wrong were we? Like, I, I, I can't even summon to words of how bad it was. Um, when we started getting cases in England, it, it was a little bit, you know, I swear, uh, touching... I'm going to use this uh, term lightly, and please forgive me. Um, I'm going to say touching cloth, <laughs> because it is practically, you know, you're going to shit yourself kind of thing if if it's literally you, you get COVID right next door. Like, say, you live next door to your neighbor, and all of a sudden, boom, they got COVID, and you live right next door to them kind of thing. And then you start getting your first cases of people, you know, unfortunately dying from COVID. And you think, oh shit, now what? And then you go to your supermarket and all your, all your shelves are empty. Uh, you know, the, the main things that were, you know, bought in like bulk was, you know, hand sanitizer, kitchen rolls, toilet rolls. Baby wipes, um, nappies, tins of soup, tins of vegetables, couldn't get any sugar, couldn't get any flour, eggs, everyone was bulk buying milk, everyone was bulk buying bread, uh, pasta as well, and you're just thinking, well, hang on a second, well, what about all the people that have to work in essential retail what about all the other key workers what about all the vulnerable because unfortunately you selfish pricks decide to buy or you know what 20 pints of milk or 10 loaves of bread or a hundred toilet rolls like like it's it was it was really stupid and then you know, Boris came on TV and said, right, in, or, in order to make this country safe and get us back to normal, we therefore have to introduce lockdown rules, which therefore meant that all non-essential stores, pubs, restaurants, uh, leisure centres, swimming pools, parks, uh, cinemas, hotels, you know, you, anything that we do on a daily basis unfortunately had to close and he said four weeks for four weeks 
that was that wasn't the case because we didn't come out of lockdown till like around about what July, middle of July. So what was supposed to be four weeks ended up nearly being nearly four months, and it it, it was horrible. It was probably the worst experience I ever had to go through. Um, people were, you know, people who worked in a non-essential job were kind of really, you know, asking questions. Are we still going to get paid? What can we, you know, how are we going to buy shopping? How are we supposed to pay bills? How are we supposed to pay rent? That kind of thing. Okay, we'll introduce the furlough scheme. This was in, like, what? Middle of April. So... Whilst people were still getting paid, you know, like me, for example, I was working in hospitality back then and I was being paid on a weekly basis and our furlough scheme didn't come into effect till what, end of March, maybe April. So, you know, luckily they had a backup, backup plan. So they, they backdate the furlough. So you weren't missing out. But obviously, because of the hours that I was contracted and only being paid 80% of the wages, you couldn't really afford a lot. You couldn't really pay, you know, your your council tax or your rent. Because as I live with my other half, we normally, you know, split everything 50-50 uh, when it comes to, like, living in a flat sadly i i couldn't do that i could i couldn't afford half of the rent or even some of the shopping and it it was horrible because i felt like i wasn't doing enough yeah i, I couldn't and sometimes i couldn't sleep at night because i was thinking well why 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 am i in this position and i'm sure millions of other people you know, round round the you know round the country like UK, uh, you know Scotland, Ireland, Wales, um, are thinking. Well, I live with my other half. You know, my significant you know wife, partner, fiance, uh, husband, boyfriend. You know that that kind of thing. Or I still live at home, but I'm the only one that works. Because my parent is severely ill, or my sibling is severely ill, or my my child is, you know, they they need they need feeding, but I can't afford it, and it's and it's it's a horrible situation to be in, and unless you could work from home, none of the places were open. And it was it was just madness, utter madness. My 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 fiance who works as a carer, uh, you know, was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. So she'll be working from like 
8am in the morning to like 9pm in the evening like what nearly three what nearly three days a week and then other times she'll do like seven hour shifts sometimes she'll do night shifts from like nine o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning and all I do is just sit on my ass and do nothing and I felt so useless as a person. I, f- I honestly felt like I failed as a partner because I was in a situation that I couldn't get out of due to everything being shut. I I tried looking elsewhere, but unfortunately, if I did, I'd lose the furlough scheme. Um... And the company that I worked for basically said that I, um, well, no, the, the, the person who owns most of the, the chains uh, of hospitality services that I probably will or won't mention uh, basically said, that, oh, why don't you go and stack shelves instead? Well, not, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to pay you. You could just go help out in a, in a in a local supermarket and stack shelves. I ain't gonna pay you furlough. Unfortunately, yeah. So that got leaked, and it went all over social media and in the news and everything. And he, you know, he apologised afterwards. Um, that and um, well, I hope he apologised, but. So a lot of people decide to to boy, you know, to boycott his, uh, his chain of services because of what was said, and um, yeah, that that was that really. Um, during the months of April, obviously, I celebrated my thirtieth birthday. Uh, I'm now thirty-one this year. Uh, and this month in about three weeks time will I be able to celebrate my birthday properly? Possibly. I may even go out again and wear my 30 badge because I didn't celebrate my 30th the way I wanted to. I mean the month prior to that it was my sister's 18th and yeah we were all having a laugh at a pub that kind of thing month later all in lockdown, all in you know separate households, that kind of thing. And the only way that we could talk to each other was via social media. It it was it was really horrible and disheartening because I couldn't see any of my friends, couldn't see any of my family, that kind of thing. I think the only th- people that kept me company was my partner when she wasn't working, or the dog. <laughs> And when you when you live in a flat with just myself, uh, my fiance, and the dog, the you know my significant other would be working most of the time, and I would be taking the dog out like once a day, kind of thing, because you were only allowed to take if you went for a walk, like for you know if you went to walk the dog, you were only allowed to come out once, and that's it. So the dog was pro- probably more pissed off at me than I was with him. <coughs> because 
If you if you lived in a more than one person household and you owned a, a dog or something like that, that that you could take out for a walk, that was fine. But because it was just me and him, he couldn't exactly go for a walk himself, could he? Um then they started introducing the whole you can meet up with one person from a different household kind of thing but you had to socially distance um and then it, it, it was just it's just crap it, it really was crap um shopping um they they did put restrictions on like certain items where you know it's only oh two loaves of bread per customer, two lots of milk per customer, one lot of pasta per customer, only three tins of so and so per customer, that kind of thing. One way systems as well. Uh you had to wear a mask as well to, to go in the store. Um you're only allowed to shop alone and that's that's that rule is still in force as of today because they want to try and encourage people to shop alone unless you have children or you are a carer that's fine but if you are you know in a family you know with like another adult then unfortunately they have to wait outside and you can go and shop. I mean, you're allowed to take kids with you, but if there are any adults who are with you, then unfortunately, yeah, you, you can't go in. They will try and get you to wear a mask if possible, but if you don't, they will refuse you to let you in unless you are exempt from wearing masks. Uh, if you have like an exemption card, etc. Um, when they done the whole one in one out system and the one way system, that was fun because if you missed something, you couldn't exactly just turn around and go all the way back. You had to obviously keep going and either go to a different store or just completely forget about it and go back the following day. Or you have to ask somebody at the till, oh, I'm really sorry, I needed to go down the certain aisle, but I I missed it. Could I have such and such, please? And it, it just, just makes you look like a twat, really. Well, it made me look like a twat, because when I needed to get, to get something, I couldn't, because I, I missed the, the aisle that I was supposed to go down, and everything else was cordoned off. Normally, you'd, you know, you can cut through a certain aisle but no because it's got something else in front of it it was just ridiculous and then you see you know people who'd panic buyed before or like flogging like toilet rolls for like stupid amount of money nappies for like a hundred quid um kitchen rolls for like 20 quid a pop uh baby wipes hand sanitizers for like 15 20 quid and i'm just like who are you benefiting here? Because you're trying to like make money for you know you're 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 trying to profit from this, 
yeah, you're you're trying to rip people off elsewhere because they couldn't buy the essential things as you decide to be a selfish dickhead and just buy shit and in in bulk and literally literally like you know i was literally trying to find as many toilet rolls and kitchen rolls and stuff as possible luckily i i managed to go into my um local uh local shop and yeah, they they had the toilet rolls like on high shelves, so people just couldn't bulk buy. And they'd be like, "It's a toilet roll because the main supermarkets are out." So, yeah, no worries, I got you sorted. And he didn't rip me off either. You know, um, I would like to next talk to you about a subject that means a lot to me and probably will probably mean a lot to other people who may be suffering from this as well um what you probably will hear as well may be triggering so um audiences of a nervous disposition please um i suggest possibly skipping or stopping this now and I will probably speak to you all on the next episode. Otherwise, I will like to talk to you about mental health and how it affected me during lockdown. So, as I mentioned before, I turned 30 uh, April 2020. And I, I felt crap because I couldn't celebrate it properly. Um, I couldn't go out with friends, family, that kind of thing. And I I felt like I haven't really achieved a lot in my life. And it brought me down because I'm, I'm not married. I don't have any children. And I, I felt like I was basically a failure or a burden to loads of people and um i i thought about giving up and just ending it all and these urges started coming to me what roughly a couple of days before my birthday and i I didn't want to be here anymore. So I sat up most of the night, early hours of my birthday, uh, talking to my partner about how I felt. And yeah, I'll admit, I cried. And... I, I didn't feel bad because of it. And, you know, it's okay for men to cry. Because whatever people told you when you were little, or when you were younger, oh, men don't cry. Oh, you know, don't take it to, you know, don't take it to heart, that kind of thing. Men, men don't do this, men don't do that. No, because it's wrong. And it's... It's okay not to be okay. It is it is okay to to have a cry when you're not happy. 
So, and it's okay for 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 women to to do the same, but please don't belittle anyone because you've seen a male cry or you've seen a female cry that kind of thing because they're not feeling okay. Don't just turn around and say to them, "Oh, you're just attention seeking," because it's not. They, if they, if they 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 need they need help. They need support. They they need somebody to talk to, you know. And that's what I needed. I I needed a friend, you know, somebody to listen to my problems. And that is what my my fiance did. She she sat up with me. Early hours of yeah, my birthday, just talking to me about why I felt like this, how long I felt like this, what could have been, you know, the reasons why, etc. And I said to her, I said, um, you know, I'm I'm really sorry that I've let you down, and I I feel like I've been a burden to you because I feel useless because I'm stuck at home, I can't financially, you know, support you. And I honestly felt like throwing in the towel and giving up or, or just just like on life in general and my relationship because I, I felt utterly useless. And it honestly felt like I was shooting fish in a barrel. And she, she understood where I came from. And she, she reassured me that I'm not useless and I am worth something. And she is grateful that I'm, you know, that I'm here, and that even though that I'm not working, then, you know, I'm, I'm helping out around the house, you know, I'm taking a dog out for a walk, I'm doing essential shopping, that kind of thing, and, you know, she thanked me for it. She thanked me for supporting her when she when she needed me when times were tough, because you know there there were there were lots of issues going on, like with with her, yeah, you know, with with her work, and obviously Boris blamed all carers for the spread of COVID, and that got you know that got to her that upset her. So obviously, I needed to make sure that I was there to support her because how how would you feel if you were a carer looking after you know residents who suffer from you know dementia, Alzheimer's, um, you know dis you know d- physical and mental disabilities to be then told it's your fault that these residents have, you know, are getting COVID. Yeah, this is this is a a lead, you know, the leader of our country pointing the fingers at all the NHS staff and carers, saying it's your fault because yeah, because of the high rise of COVID cases. And the thing is, NHS, you know, hospitals and care homes were not getting the PPE that they asked for. Because it was delayed or they run out, etc. It's not their fault at all. It's your f- it's it's your fault for not providing the you know the duty of care, the, the service that they needed. It's your fault, not their fault. You know how and 
to be honest, as horrible as it sounds, when Boris got COVID, I wouldn't have bloody treated him. I'd be like, you know what? No, fuck you. Had we known that you were going to be a twat and turn around and say that it's the care homes and the NHS staff's fault that there's a high rise in COVID cases, I'd be like, nah, fuck you. Why the hell should we cure you? What? Why? Why the hell should we let you stay in our hospital bed? Where is our pay rise? Yeah, right. Fair enough. We stand at the door, eight o'clock, clapping our hands, banging our pots and pans for the NHS and all the key workers and stuff. Where is our fucking pay rise? Why are we only getting one percent when you know you're not taxing all the rich people? Yeah, we get ten percent um, discount here and there because we work within the emergency services or the NHS, that kind of thing. Where is our pay rise? Oh, okay, we'll give you 1%. That's not enough. 1% pay increase. That's like what? A couple of quid? Yeah, all right, fair enough. National living wage has gone up. But that's not enough. You know, these, these people are putting themselves on the front line for, you know, for us to make sure that we are being protected from this virus. There are people who have literally working in hospitals and they don't go home. They stay there and do 24, maybe 48 hours shift, having to sleep in the hospital, you know, for an hour or two hours sleep in the hospital and then start again. (laughs) And how many people they see rush in and... All the constant hours worked in a COVID ward. And they've got fuck all PPE. Yet all the government can do is say, yeah, we'll we'll clap for the carers at eight o'clock. Yet we won't give them a pay rise that they definitely deserve. Only a 1% pay increase. Fuck that. 50%. 25%. Something, not a percentage. I'm I'm just ranting and raving, and I apologise. But to be honest, you know, for all their hard work that they do, they deserve more than just a round of applause for every Thursday night at eight pm or a one percent pay increase. Now, don't get me wrong, I I did clap for carers, right? Fully deserved. And, you know, and the NHS and all the key workers, etc. Absolutely. I fully deserve that. Do do I think they deserve a pay increase? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they are putting themselves at risk. What? 24, 48, 72 hours a day. A week, rather. Coming home to their families because they they might end up with COVID, and then you know their 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 mum, their dad, their their own children, their siblings might end up in hospital because you know, unfortunately, they they caught it off the COVID ward, that kind of thing. It's just outrageous, totally outrageous. 
Um, so, yeah, um, but again, with mental health, if any of you are struggling, you know, no matter where you work, no matter who, you know, no matter who you are, Please, 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 please don't suffer in silence. Please don't suffer in silence. Talk, talk to somebody. Whether it's me, you may not know me, but I'm more than happy to sit and listen. You know, it could be a, like a very a close friend that you trust. It could be a, a, a mental health charity. Like you know, like like mind or or calm or you know the, those or Samaritans. You know, those are the only ones that I can think of for now. But there are plenty of mental health charities that you can sit and speak to. You know, you can go speak to your GP. You know, just please don't suffer in silence. And those who who are who have been in relationships where they feel like they you know they can't get out during lockdown again, please speak to somebody because there are char- there are charities for those as well uh, that can offer assistance. Because I'm sure there are people who are in relationships where lockdown has been tough and relationships haven't been great and obviously there's been cases of obviously domestic abuse physical mental that kind of thing and i've been there i know what it's like like I, I've seen domestic abuse. I've seen mental abuse, and it's it's not nice for anyone. You know, grow, growing up, witnessing it all, it's it's not nice at all. Um, but yeah, just anyone who is struggling, please, 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 again. You're not afraid. You know, don't don't be afraid. You 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 won't be alone just talk talk to somebody and i'm sure that whoever you speak to they they will make sure that you are safe and that you know their your private you know, your privacy everything you you say to them will be kept confidential um So, yeah, um, the only good things I could probably say regarding this year are, obviously, come June 21st, we should be back to normal. Whether or not it will happen, I don't know. Uh, There are planned go-aheads for 
obviously festivals on the other side of June. So you've got your Boomtown, your 2000 Trees, your Slam Dunk Festival, Reading and Leeds, Bloodstock, uh, Boardmasters, NAS. Uh, any any of those festivals that were due to take place after June, they're still going ahead. Um, unfortunately, all other festivals that were due to take place around May, June, like Glastonbury Download and um, you know uh, like Carnival processions, unfortunately, have been postponed this year, and they're not due to take place until like November. Um, so again, another year without carnivals, sadly. Uh, I'm sure fairs and stuff, like fairground rides and stuff, will probably won't be able to go ahead unless it is deemed safe. And that when vaccinations start, you know, have been done, like at least what three quarters of the country have been done, you know things can start going ahead gigs that were due to take place like from january to april have now been rescheduled to at least november to around december of this year rather and and you know hopefully next year gig schedules were allowed to take place as well um anyone who had driving tests this like within the first three months of this year have all been rescheduled to now August. Um, I have mine booked. So um, hopefully I pass. Hopefully. Otherwise I have to retake my theory again. Uh, from what I've read, they're not extending theory test certificates, which which is a shame uh, because I do believe that the um, driving tests and rules and regulations are due to change so again with regards to theory tests i believe that they are due to uh those that are due to expire unfortunately you will have to retake it again i'm afraid and there probably will be some differences as well um that is all i can think about for now uh, forgive me for boring you all, but that has been April's edition of Lockdown Confessionals, uh, Lockdown 3, Return of the Virus. We are slowly heading to, you know, slowly heading back to normality, We, we you know, and hopefully cases will slowly decrease now that obviously the vaccines are, are out in force. And they're obviously going through the age groups uh, because they've done like the first three vulnerable groups from January to February. Now they're on like the middle bit. Hopefully by what June, everybody would have been vaccinated. Um, it's not compulsory, but you know, I, I may I suggest going for it because. You can never be too careful. Yeah, I've I've heard all this rubbish about oh, you'll get microchipped and get five G and all this that and the other. But no, at the moment I have not got five G and I'm probably not a Russian spy either. 
Um, I mean, there's plenty of owls out here tonight. Maybe I'll see them in the morning. It's probably some spy trying to uh, <laughs> trying to decrypt what I just said. Um, if the eagle is flying west, how fast is it going? Why is the sea blue? If moon is made out of cheese, what is cheese made out of? <laughs> or some stupid crap like that. Um, but no, I'm not from the KGB or anything else like that. But yeah. Anyways, that was just complete randomness. Um, anyways, I I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, I've got another one planned for May because it is bank holiday, um, beginning of May. So, uh, literally a couple of days after my birthday. So another three day weekend. And then we are following up to the year anniversary of Lockdown Confessionals. Um, When did it take place? Because I believe the first ever episode of Lockdown Confessionals was June the 26th. That was the first ever episode of Lockdown Confessionals. So hopefully then, by that point, we'd all be back to normal and I won't have to do this anymore. But, you know, if you like my podcast, give it a like. If you don't, don't give it a like. If you want to be a part of this show, uh, just drop me an email, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, all that social media stuff. And, yeah, hopefully we can get you on the show, talk about life through lockdown, whether it's the first one, whether it's the second one, the third one, whether or not there is a fourth one. I doubt it because I don't want yeah, I don't want it to be a fourth one because we've already missed a, missed out on a year and a half already. You know, we're what a year through the next decade that we're in. Uh, you know, in the twenty twenties, and one whole year has been completely ruined. This is what year twenty twenty one or year one. <laughs> And four months, and we're just slowly picking ourselves back up. Uh, I'm going to start rattling on now because I'm not even making sense. That's been Lockdown Confessionals uh, with me, Steve Baker. I hope you have a good evening or afternoon or morning or night. No, you know, depending on when you're listening, where you're listening, that kind of thing. Stay safe out there. Um, remember, obviously, rule of six. Um, when outside or two households, uh, like outdoors only. You know, hands face face, hands face space. Yep, yeah. and obviously, you know. Just, 
Yeah, two two meters, that kind of thing. Just just all the the the, the stuff that I've spoken about before, like last year and that kind of thing. So stay safe out there. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And um, yeah, the road to June twenty first is is a go. Uh, yeah, I've been Steve Baker. Ta-ra for now.